It's storming out there. It is. You gonna be okay? Alright, hold my hand. Hold something. Ah, pecker. <laughs> I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting. Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 68, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the filthy rotten scoundrel, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Why am I a filthy rotten scoundrel? Because you're a... Getting into matters that I don't think you can work your way out of. What? Yeah, that that heavily edited piece of video that you that you put out. Yeah, go to our YouTube channel. Just search the WPAN on YouTube. You can see the video of Brian Malonis confronting. Let's just say the UFC's filthy Tom Lawler. Taken completely out of context. There are pieces of that video cut out. It's heavily edited by by somebody who is a video editor. A video editor, Mike Crockett, has completely doctored and edited up this video to make it appear a certain way to support your agenda. Well, judge for yourself. Go to the YouTube, see the video. We also uh, tweeted it at the WPAN on Twitter. Tom Lawler, I don't know how he feels about you at this point, Brian. He tweeted, he says, uh, after hearing what this chump has to say on at the WPAN, this is quite the indictment. That's what he had to say after watching the video. Oh, you, you did it, Mike. You accomplished what you were hoping to accomplish. You drove a wedge in between me and my new friend. I think you were jealous. Tom Waller, of course, a wonderful podcaster. I think you were worried that me and him were going to head it off, and you'd be uh, out on your ass. Uh, I don't think that's the situation at all, Kingpin. I don't think that's the situation at all. You were, uh, you were miffed about the overweight classic we talked about this way back in the day last year i guess the overweight classic you were a part of it as brian buffet you didn't appreciate this you said you're gonna go to tom lawler and give him a piece of your mind i did you edited the video and you just gave him peace you cut out you cut out the good parts <laughs> oh my god so make sure to go and take a look at that and i don't know what's next for you and tom lawler if you shall ever meet again hey you know what if he's not a coward step in step in the ring with me uh-oh. Unlike uh, his world, there's no weight classes in uh, in professional wrestling. There's no weight class to protect him from what I would do to him. So make it happen, Tom Lawler. You're a powerful man. Get some promotion to put us in the ring together. I'll show you what I'm about. And he is listening. Good. I want him to listen. You sure? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network, we're going to break you into the business by sharing some of the unwritten rules of a wrestling locker room, or uh, I guess we could also call it how not to be a locker room douche. Is, 
Is one of them not to drive a wedge between two people? Uh, might be. <laughs> might be. We'll get into that. We'll also probably count all the ones that uh, Malonis has broken at some point. No, nah, I haven't broken any. I'm an oh. upstanding citizen. Maybe your first year, Brian. Since day that one. Was... No, I've been upstanding since day one. Oh, I don't know about that. Plus, we'll have your promo, but nothing and a whole lot more. But first, it's not only Tom Lawler that uh, is on your bad side or... Boy. <laughs> Now you got Cody Rhodes after you, telling you to kiss his ass. Yeah, well, that's because Jason Maltov got them all razzed up and uh, t- told him that I said he wasn't a heavyweight champion, which is not what what happened. They incorrectly stated that the Ring of Honor World Championship was the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship, and I know the belt does say heavyweight on it, but Ring of Honor does not call their championship a heavyweight championship. It's called the Ring of Honor World Championship. That's it. There's no heavyweight in it. So you're saying Jason Maltoff edited your conversation with him? No. He okay. just he, he made Cody Rhodes believe I was taking shots at him when all I did was correct some misinformation that him and Neville were putting out on, on their podcast. Tried to correct him. That, that, that information is straight from the source, by the way. From Ring of Honor, their championship is not a heavyweight championship. I got that information straight from, straight from the source, Michael. All I right. didn't just make that up. Well, you can go and listen to last week's New Age Insiders podcast to hear what Cody well, Rhodes Let's talk about what I did to Cody Rhodes at Chaotic Wrestling this past week. And Let I kicked his it. ass. I kicked his ass, Mike. Did he kiss it as no, well? I didn't kiss his ass. I oh. kicked his ass. Oh, I see. Yeah, he's not going to mess with the kingpin anymore. So there's going to be a follow-up to this, or? I don't know. We'll see. I mean. I did uh, see a tweet from Cody Rhodes saying that he's not going to be back in Chaotic for oh, a while. Oh, isn't that convenient? He got his <laughs> ass kicked by the kingpin, and now he's not coming back for a while. That's because I told him. He, he was talking about how he refused to sign a contract with Ring of Honor. And I said, what better way for me to make a name for myself in Ring of Honor than to beat his ass? And I guess you did. I and did beat his I ass. I guess he is. I hope uh, Ring of Honor officials were watching. And he is going away for a long time, I would expect uh, my Ring of Honor World Championship match very soon. I guess so. We'll have to go to that that source and see what you can get done. Well, speaking of going away for uh, a long time, Donovan Dijak had his final match this past Friday night for Chaotic Wrestling. Good riddance. (laughs) He's departing for parts unknown or parts, you know, heavily hinted. And who, so who, who knows what's going on with Donovan Dijak? But how do you feel about Dijak uh, walking away from chaotic wrestling, leaving New England, apparently moving to Florida? I don't know if he's going to be working for <laughs> Disney or what's going on. Yeah, that's what it is. He's in the college internship at Disney. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's, it's something. It's funny. We joke about like uh, with like Sasha Banks and stuff with the stories of her Kofi with the, oh, when I first laid eyes on him. But Dijak's one of those guys where like when you first laid eyes on him, you're like, oh, this guy's. This guy's probably going to get a contract at some he's, point. He's, yeah, he's, he's one of those <laughs> yeah. contract. Yeah, contracts. yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I mean, he's obviously uh, moving on to some great things and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. Works his ass off. The way he's transformed, not only the way he wrestles, but his body uh, from when he first came in to the shape he's in now. He made himself into the, the total package here. So no surprise to me. Uh, a little over a year ago, I, I lost, uh, <laughs> well, career in quotation marks yes. ending match to him in chaotic wrestling and i said on the microphone i told the crowd then get your pictures and autographs and all that good stuff now because this guy's not going to be around much longer and 
I was right, Mike. Well, I knew it. As always. <laughs> I mean, always. He's one of those, I mean, everybody knew. Look at the freaking guy. Look at the things he can do. Like, but yeah, you talk, money. Yeah, I mean, you talked about how as soon as you saw him, you said contract. But I mean, we talked to him. You can go find it on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed quite a while back. Go and search in the archives for our interview with DiJack. He went to a WWE camp before he even had a match, really. Yeah. And he was down there, and he didn't get a contract right away. He came back to New England, and he worked for four years, and apparently, maybe, you never know, <laughs> something happened. But uh, yeah, he went back, and he, he worked hard, and got his name out there, and did he ever. And now he is on to Greener Pastures. Yeah, he became one of the, the biggest indie superstars out there, and that's right now, that's the path to WWE. They want people who are making names for themselves, and... Dodd Jack has been flown all over the world and is an enormous star. And uh, I get a feeling uh, in the next year or two, he, he's going to be a household name. And he's got a few more dates left in New England. And then he is going to do, I think it's his last appearance is in Bola, the Battle of Los Angeles for PWG, his first and apparently last appearance for PWG. So <laughs> yes. I guess it's a good way to go out. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Donovan Dijak. We're definitely going to keep up and maybe he'll have to... You know, get that uh, WWE Network renewal. <laughs> you still haven't gotten it? <laughs> no. Jesus. No. We'll see. The uh, the women are starting in a couple weeks. The Mayon Classic. That's going to happen. Of course, you're going to watch be. that, you pervert. <laughs> what do you mean by that? You're a pervert. Well, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Donovan Dijak is, uh, as I mentioned, departing the independent scene. But what about those guys that are arriving for the first time, Kingpin? What about those guys just starting out who don't know their. Uh, Ass for a hole in the wall. <laughs> they don't know a wrist lock for a wrist watch. Well, I will preface it with this. So we're going to talk about the unwritten rules of pro wrestling. Yes. Sure be nice somebody fucking wrote them down to Adam right <laughs> to begin with, right? <laughs> they don't have to be unwritten, right? We'll, we'll get into some of them here. But the one thing, the one piece of advice I would give anybody in the, in the wrestling business or outside the pro wrestling business, right from the, right from the start, don't be an asshole. <laughs> Just don't be an asshole and conduct yourself as if you conduct yourself like it's a business, because that's what professional wrestling is. Professional wrestling has gotten away from the old boys network that it, that it once was, where you know it, it party hard and all that bullshit that you hear from from back in the day. It's it's different now. Guys are different now, and if you conduct yourself, if you conduct it like it's a business, and you treat your bookings like you're going to your job, it can be fun. But if you treat it like a business and you're respectful and you conduct yourself as a professional, you will never have a problem, ever. And you talked about, you know, don't be an asshole. That's the first rule you broke when you first broke <laughs> in to, <laughs> to wrestling. We talked about that you, you know, you weren't... Uh... Some would argue that I'm still breaking that rule to this day. <laughs> you had a tough time in the beginning, Brian, when you first uh, broke into professional wrestling. Yeah, I think the... Finding your place. Yeah, such. the expectations. I just, you know, I had unreasonable expectations. And I mean, some of it was just being 19 years old and dumb as shit. And again, not really understanding how how it all works. And um, and some of it is you, you learn as you go. You make mistakes and you learn as you go. I mean, the big one I think everybody learns right off the bat is the whole shaking of the hands. Yes. You know, make sure you shake everybody's hand, say hello, say goodbye, which... I actually think it's kind of dying. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 weird now. Guys just don't do it. it. It's you know. Well, if you're new, 
you're definitely yeah, if, going if, out of your way. Yeah, if you're new, but I mean, even like, I, I don't know, like if somebody didn't to me, like I'm not saying like, I mean, when I first started, if you didn't do that, that it was like this POS here, like, you know, F this guy, he's a disrespectful fuck, get him out of here. Yeah, the big story a few years back, uh, probably more than a few years at this point, was uh, the Young Bucks not shaking Booker T's hand. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was a while back at this point, but that became a huge thing on the internet. The Young Bucks did not shake Booker T's hand, and Booker T was very offended, and it became a huge deal. And then there was a tweet, uh, you know, a year or two later with the Young Bucks, a big picture of the Young Bucks shaking Booker T's hand. <laughs> they put that on the internet but yeah but if you go to like wwe tv you go around shaking everybody's hand they'll probably boot your ass out the door yeah you think so <laughs> if you annoy people yeah <laughs> like i mean you know the deal you've been to tvs it's you do it you know when the opportunity sees fit but you know yeah in- interrupting people to shake hands is not really the thing to do <laughs> yes yeah, so you have to say uh, excuse me i don't mean to interrupt you probably should save that phrase and just not interrupt right um but yeah it, it's Maybe I'm a little guilty of it <laughs> at, at this point. Like sometimes at the end of the night, it's hey, all right. See you later. <laughs> Let me ask you. Um, we were at Fenway Park a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, someone tweeted that Fenway Park was the handshake capital of the world <laughs> because we, as we talked about, 120 some talents on this mega card that was held at Fenway Park. So how many handshakes is that? That's a whole a lot, lot of handshakes. Know. And <laughs> so you, how many handshakes do you think you participated in? Uh, quite a few. But not enough if we're going by the letter of the law, the unwritten rule. I guess, I guess not, but it's weird to say. Like a lot of people come up to me now. Right. Do you know, like I don't know. Like I, I think it happens as you've been around for a while. It kind of like when you're first starting out, it's you're going to seek everybody else out, and then the more experience you get, it, people kind of seek you out. So it, it kind of flips. Yeah. Um, I think I'm in that position, especially in the locker with that many people, which is absurd. Um, more people were coming to me than vice versa, and not because I was like being a prick or anything. It was just once I got in the locker room, just started putting my stuff down. A lot of people just anybody who saw me came up to me. Right. You know. I think uh, what happens is when you walk into a locker room, yeah. you you go around and shake hands, and then once you're there and seated, then other people come into the locker room, and then it's their job to go around and shake hands. You know yeah, what I mean? and that too. I mean, some environment like that. I mean, you're starting to see people you haven't seen in a long time, and so that can always be fun too. And you you're not always in these locker room with these certain guys, and you haven't seen people in a while, and lots of hugs, lots of. Man hugs, half hugs. Yes. The shake yeah. hug deal there. Yes, yeah. yes. Lots of that lots of that going on. Were you around for the old handshake, the light uh, boys handshake? Well that, yeah, when I first started, that was the You were taught that way? Yeah, that was the deal. And then like I don't even remember who the hell said it to me. What the hell are you shaking my hand like that for? Yeah, <laughs> I remember it was uh Matt Logan of the Logan Brothers was at T V and he shook Hardcore Holly's hand with a light handshake, which was it, Back in the day, that was how you greeted another worker to tell you, oh, these, I'm not stiff, I'm a worker, so I'll give you this light handshake. And he gave him the handshake, and I was like, what the fuck you, shake my hand like a man, was, was the uh, response to that. <laughs> I would have shit my pants if Hardcore Holly would have <laughs> yelled at me like that. Did. I think he did. <laughs> Hardcore Holly, to this day, may be the person I was most scared to wrestle. <laughs> and you did wrestle him. I did wrestle him, yeah, yeah. When I got booked against him, I was like, oh, man, like... This guy could whoop my ass, and there's not a thing I can do about it. And then if you watch Tough Enough and no hardcore Holly reputation, 
was like, oh boy, here we go. But then wrestling him, it was a fantastic experience. I'd love to wrestle him again. And you were sure to shake his hand like a man, right? Before I sure did. I sure did. (laughs) No bro hug there. (laughs) Um, What about before you even get to the building and shake hands, Brian? Make sure you have gear. (laughs) Yes. And it used to be make sure you have wrestling boots. I'm not quite sure that is as prominent with the Asics and the kick pad deal that a lot of people are sporting these days. Oh, we're just going through all the ones I broke right off the Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, this is a Brian Malona's burial. (laughs) All right. I got it. I got the checklist out. You're making me participate in the Brian Malona's burial. No. You didn't have boots at the beginning? I had uh, Magnums, like a lot of people came up and. Right. uh, (laughs) That's New Hampshire. If you're from New Hampshire, you have Magnums and you wear those. Those are very popular in the pro wrestling. Yeah, circuit when I first came in, a lot of guys were wearing those. I think, I think even like Mike Hollow was wearing Magnums for a bit too. Hmm. Uh, that's your very excuse, popular huh? in the early two thousands. That's your excuse. No, I was just poor and bad with money and didn't invest in boots right away. Well, I mean, I guess when we were starting, um, well, you were a little later than me, Brian. I'm a, I'm the veteran in this podcast. But, <laughs> oh boy, um, card. It was kind of a backlash from the Attitude Era and. You know, wearing your jeans and T-shirts. Uh, when we were coming up, uh, it was make sure you have wrestling gear. When I first broke in, it was a little different, though. Okay. Like, what, what did you I, say? What you find? Well, I thought there, there was a lot of, like, non-gear at that point mm-hmm. when I first broke in. Um, and then it kind of went to have professional-looking gear. And it's funny. Now it's kind of gone, gone the other way again. Yeah, it happens. But, yeah. like Cycles. I mean, even Brian Fury was... Wearing street gear by the end, so he certainly was, <laughs> I, and he didn't take a ribbing at all for that, did no, he? He deserved it. He <laughs> used to bury guys for that. <laughs> deserved. <laughs> oh my! So I'm not, I, the funny thing is, it didn't even look bad. He looked good in it. It yeah. looked good. It fit. <laughs> if you're gonna dish it out, you better be able to take it. So not only have gear, Brian, but the thing we even talked about with Bo Douglas a couple weeks back on the the Fenway episode was. Always bring your gear. Keep your gear in your trunk. If you go into a show, you're not even on the show. Always bring your gear, right? You heard that yeah. from the very early on? Yeah, that was, I guess, kind of, you need kind of almost like a precursor to this. But when you're first starting out, you don't really have bookings. So what guys do is somebody, either like a veteran guy, you know, somebody's booked, they say, hey, why don't you come with me? Right. So you travel with guys and it's, Basically, the translation is, hey, drive and pay for gas so I don't <laughs> yeah. have to. Yeah, and uh, and you bring your gear with you just in case, you know, hey, maybe there's a spot on the show. And that's just kind of how it works. If you're going to a wrestling show that you're not booked on, you have your gear with you because shit happens. Somebody might not show up. Somebody's hurt. They realize they need an extra match. Um, any number of things. Sometimes just like, oh, you came all this way. Hey, uh, we'll give you a match. We'll put you in this one. We'll put you in that one. But yeah, always have your gear. Always be ready. Um, I mean, taking it a step further, you know, it was always, especially in, you know, with chaotic and with the whole like WWE mentality of trying to make it there, it was always have your gear, have it cleaned, be tanned, you know, like the whole nine yards, be show ready at all times, you know? So, I mean... There's a bunch of us who walked around with orangey glows seven days a week, 365 days a year. I'll try to get that picture of, uh, you know the picture I'm talking about. Yes, with, with, with uh, Austin Aries. Inexplicably Austin Aries in it with just a bunch of orange wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. But uh, yeah, even uh, Jamie, Jamie Mikowski, the owner of Chaotic Wrestling, would say on weeks that WWE were in town, 
keep in your car black pants, yes. black shoes, because they you, they could call you at three o'clock in the afternoon, as they did, yeah. to say we need you down at the at the garden right now. We're doing a security spot. We just decided to add it, so be there as soon as you can. I remember I remember going to TVs, and I would have I I have my black pants on. I have a black pants dress shirt. I usually never wore a tie. I'd have another dress shirt and a another black pair of pants with me, a pair of jeans with me, workout gear, and my wrestling gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to a second for always bringing gear, if you go to a show and you're not booked, keep the gear in the car. Yes. Don't walk in with the gear if you're not booked. I got, I got a story here for okay, you, Mike. Okay, go for it. That we were, I was on a show out in, uh, it was for Dr. Hersey. You might have been on this show. You worked all those shows. EWA? Yes. Um, I'll leave names out of it. Okay. Um, so we're in the locker room. When the locker room was downstairs in this building, mm-hmm. there's a fellow who comes in with somebody who was booked on the show, good friend of ours. And uh, this fellow comes in with his gear, gets completely changed into his, uh, and I'll use air quotes here, gear. Uh-oh. Uh, goes up into the ring and starts working out in the ring, and the promoter says, "What the hell? What the hell are you doing? I I didn't book you." And he had to get out of the ring, and he had to go downstairs, and he had to get ungeared and take his gear and put it in the car because he wasn't booked, and he just came to the show and presumed he would be booked. He got to stay. They didn't just they didn't kick him all the way. Well, up? he drove all the way out there <laughs> with uh, you know, with somebody, and he was couldn't just leave. So yeah, he got the he got to stay. And I I don't I don't think he charged him admission to the show or whatever. But he wasn't in the locker room. He wasn't allowed in the locker room. He kicked out of the locker room too. So don't presume. Never presume yeah. with uh, pro wrestling. It's a dumb move. <laughs> yeah, just keep the gear in the car, and if you need it, you'll be asked. And then you go out to the car, you get it, and bring it in, and everything's. I'll take a step further. Stay out of the locker room, really. I uh, mean, yeah. Unless I mean, I don't know. Unless you're like really good buddies with like the promote. Like, like last year, I I'll use it as an example. Last year, I, I wasn't on the chaotic Grand Slam show, but I went. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a lot of good friends, including Jamie, who's the owner of the company. I went in the locker room, said hello to people. I didn't. No, I didn't hang out in the locker room. I went and said hello, talked to a couple people for a few minutes, and then I, and then I left. But if you're like a new guy or something, stay the fuck out of the locker room. Yeah. Offer to help too. Yes. You know, offer to help. Offer to set up chairs. Offer to set up guardrails. Offer to do ring crew. Sell popcorn. Or not even offer. Just do it. Just start doing it. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah whatever. Whatever needs to. Whatever needs to get done. I, I mean, just do it. <laughs> you remember the guys that show up once and look to talk to the owner to get booked. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you might remember specifically someone that came to a sh- one show, didn't help out, didn't do anything around the, around the show to you know, set up or clean up, and just waited yeah. to talk to the owner to get a spot. Was it was the one who also was an asshole to my wife? Perhaps. Who, 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 I, who I might add that that Jamie is extremely fond of because yes. she worked for the company for years and never asked for a dime until he forced her to start taking a paycheck for it. He was an asshole. To her. That's another thing, too. That's another thing, too, you can add on this list, Mike. Yes. Treat everybody with respect, no matter who you think they Thank are. Thank you. Yes. Treat everybody with respect because you don't know. First of all, just as a decent human being, you should just not treat people like shit, even if you don't think they're important. I don't watch how it's, it's kind of an old cliche, but don't watch how somebody treats the CEO of a company. Watch how they treat the janitor. Right. And that'll give you a true indication of the type of person they are. Yeah, so this individual did all this, didn't help in any way, acted like a superstar, even though he's a nobody, treated my wife who took tickets at the door like shit. Jamie found out about all of this and 
that individual never got booked and never was invited back. Yeah. And on the opposite end, guys who just kept on showing up, just kept on showing up unasked, helped out, setting up the ring, helping out in any way possible, run a camera, like you said, if they need to. And just guys that came around enough that you're like, if their spot opens up, that's the person who's fresh in your mind. They're always around. I'll use a great example right now of a guy who, who I really like. And I, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but it's a guy and a kid named Dan Terry who right. he started with Bo Douglas' school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's recently started working at Brian's school. He comes to the shows. He does ring crew before and after, does whatever's asked of him. And now he's starting to get an opportunity. And I, and I couldn't be happier for him because it's very deserved. That's exactly what we're talking about, though. And if you're doing the right things, not only are you showing good faith, but you're putting yourself in the right place because you have to be at the shows and you have to be being seen if an opportunity comes up. Because if an opportunity comes up and you're not there... They're going to go with whoever's there. So if you're there doing ring crew and seeing this, oh, this, oh, hey, yeah, we need somebody tonight. Hey, you, we've seen you around. Da, da, da. Here you go. Yeah. You have a match. I got another example, another Dan, Dan Tanaka. Yes. He, I mean, there's two referees, Chaotic Wrestling. You had two referees on every show. That was it. That's all they booked. They booked two referees. But Dan Tanaka continued to show up, continued to help set up the entrance help in any way possible he was always there every show without question he wasn't getting paid he would just come in and helping out and then a spot opened up he ended up getting on a show and then he was on all shows they even turned him into a heel ref at one point he got a protege of the kingpin brian malonis (laughs) (laughs) so he just found his way onto shows just by being there and being around right place right time right so what if you get past that point brian and you are booked officially on a wrestling show When you first walk into the locker room, of course, you're shaking everybody's hand, doing that whole thing. But when it comes to the seating arrangements, especially in a building that people return to month after month, uh, I think you got to kind of figure out the lay of the land there, right? Yeah. I mean, mean, if anybody gets that uptight about their certain seat, I mean, come on. But yeah, you don't want to just take your stuff and move somebody else. Like what I would stay away from is... I wouldn't just put my bag down. Like, move somebody else's crap and put your stuff down. I'll give you an example. When I, when I, the times I've been in the Ring of Honor locker room, I'm a new guy there. Uh, I'm not a new guy to the business, but I'm a new guy there. That's their locker room and the, the, the guys who've been established there for a long time. Uh, what I usually do when I first get there is I find like a corner, like that looks unoccupied, and I put my stuff there. Uh, you know, I'll go around, do whatever, and then. You know, if if I notice either a lot of people are there, or if the building is small or whatever, I, you know, find another place to to change. Now, fortunately, with a company like Ring of Honor, they tend to run a little bit bigger buildings, so the locker rooms tend to be a little bit bigger. But still, I'm I'm trying to, you know, I'm not going to move people's shit. I don't want to be in anybody's way. That, that's a, it's funny. It's not it's not being meek or timid because that doesn't work either. Um, you know, we kind of got into that with. Uh, the episode where we talked about trying to make it like the whole meek and timid thing that doesn't that doesn't work either you have to act like you belong but at the same time you don't want to get on the wrong foot and oh hey that's jay lethal shit i want to sit here you know like don't uh, spread out your gear in the middle of the floor yeah that's another thing don't be a pig (laughs) don't be a i don't care what veteran new guy whoever wash your gear (laughs) <laughs> don't be the stinky guy in the locker room. I, I feel like when I first got in, that was like a badge of honor. Like, 
like who had the stinkiest gear? Yeah, the smell of this elbow pad. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never understood that. Like, just disgusting. Like, just wash your gear, you pigs. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and then take up as little space as possible. That, that's just, that's just a good rule for anybody, though. That's just a good rule for I don't care how long you've been around. Like, I, even when I'm in like the chaotic locker room, which I could probably take a dump in the middle of the floor, and nobody's gonna say anything, say anything yeah. to me at this point. Like, but. I, Speaking I still, of smells. Yeah. But even like last night, it's a building we've only ever been in once before. At least I've, I've only been in once before. I found a corner. I put my stuff down. I changed. I keep my stuff neatly organized and not spread out all over the place, making a big mess. The funny thing is, these are things that just apply to society. <laughs> like every, every day, kind of, you can apply all of this to your daily life. So you find a little place, a little place in the corner. You don't have a large footprint. And once you're sitting down there, you're green. I think the rule of thumb in a locker room is to listen more than you talk. Yeah. No one likes someone brand new walking in and being a big talker. Yeah. And acting like acting like they're best friends with everybody. <laughs> I, got, I got an example. I'll leave okay. it. Well, it's funny. I think, this is, I think we get the format down here, Mike. Yes. <laughs> you, you wonder how I came up with all these things. I just thought back. <laughs> <laughs> to the first years of Brian Malone's career. Oh, this, this, is, this isn't even about me. I, I oh. Did I break that rule in the locker room? I don't know. I was just saying. I don't remember that doing that okay. one. I, I was scared shitless in locker rooms. No, I, I was the booker of, of Chaotic at the time. Uh, there was somebody we brought in, um, newer guy into the business. It was his first time in. Very vocal. Very, 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 very vocal. How so? Uh, giving feedback, commenting on everything. Being like abrasive a little bit at times, I got complaints from never to me. I didn't see actually see any of it, but rubbed enough people the wrong way. Where after like the fourth person came up to me with a complaint, I was like, I can't, I can't bring this person back. Like I just, I can't bring this person back into this locker room. Now was he new to wrestling or new, just new to chaotic? Both. both. Okay. Yeah, both. So <laughs> here's the thing too. Like after three or four people come up to you, if you're in a position of power, like I don't want to deal with this headache. Like, no, he didn't do anything to me personally. Like, but as somebody who has to be in charge and has to listen to guys and has a locker room to try to keep happy, that's like three, four guys come up to you. I'm like, ain't going to work out. (laughs) It all goes back to being respectful, just being smart, just knowing the hierarchy. You're, You're coming into a place that you're unfamiliar with, that people are unfamiliar with you. So you want to, you know, you're. At the bottom rung of the ladder, basically. It's, it's become very, very lax over the years. But you know, the locker room used to be a very sacred mm-hmm. place. Like, even in a fucking shitty Elks Lodge, the locker room was like a sacred place. And if you weren't on that show and you weren't one of the boys, you stayed out and you didn't go in. Talking to a friend of ours, George Carroll, who's a part of New Japan. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a wrestler, you don't hang out in the locker room, no matter who you are. Right. You don't hang on the locker room. That's for the boys. That's for the wrestlers. I mean, and now you get every Tom, Dick, and Harry who's loosely associated you know, right. with pro wrestling. Hang, not just walking in and out of the locker room, but just hanging out. You know, I, I saw it. Uh, we're taping this Saturday, but I saw it last night on the show. Just somebody who's who's not a wrestler just hanging out for some inexplicable reason in the locker room, just sitting there looking all miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at least they weren't uh, you know, being a loudmouth. At least they're being miserable sitting there. Oh, no, being a oh, loudmouth, okay. too. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Always a loudmouth. <laughs> like it just baffles yeah. my mind. Just, just, uh, and, and again, this isn't, some of this shit isn't even like 
This doesn't offend me as like a professional wrestler trying to uphold the integrity of the professional wrestling business. This is just like, as a person, I'm just like, why are you acting like this? Like, like what are you doing? Right. I'm making these faces like people can fucking see me. <laughs> the old eye roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's take a little detour for just a second from the locker room and talk about car rides. Yes. Now, the rule when I was coming up, Kingpin, was we are driving, we're doing these long drives couple hours or more no one sleeps yeah exactly no one is allowed to sleep you got four people in a car you got two in the front two in the back no one sleeps that was the rule as far as i know in todd sinclair that, that's the way i was taught to these days i think it's a little more especially on those longer rides i personally have no problem with you got three or four guys as long as two are awake the driver and somebody to keep them occupied yeah like and then you can if you, if you're on a longer six eight ten hour drive you can you can rotate because a lot of these drives are done overnight after a show you're trying to save money you don't want to spend on a hotel room so you leave right at the show and you you drive home <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the best at this either uh-huh. uh, we were this is recent let's mark, let's, let's mark that down folks <laughs> another one the last call but I'm, but I'm not like intentionally falling asleep it's not like I'm just saying I think there's a difference between just saying all right fuck you guys I'm I'm going to sleep now. Uh, we were, I know we were me, you, and Todd were driving back from New York, and there were like four times we're like, "Oh shit, did I fall asleep, guys? I'm so sorry." I was just, <laughs> I think it, you know, and and to, and to be fair on that one, I was so hyped up for that match that I didn't, I literally didn't sleep the night before, <laughs> you know. So I was, I think after the match, my body was just like, "Hey, you probably should sleep," and uh, but I think there's a difference between if somebody like I never get mad uh, unless you're driving overnight alone have to go to work the next day and the playboy is just snoring away <laughs> <laughs> in the front seat of the car i got another story about, about the car rides involves involving the playboy yes your brother <laughs> yes yes the playboy jimmy james and then uh, our good friend julian star okay so i drove down to delaware and then we were going back we were driving it was like one of the old delaware trips where you drove down in the morning and you drove back immediately afterwards. So I drove down. Uh, we left early, you know. But after the show, um, I said to them, I said, I said, hey, and again, there's three of us. So I said, hey, I'm really tired. You know, Julian was going to drive the first leg anyways, and Jimmy was with us. So I said, let me catch a couple hours here, and then we'll switch off. <laughs> like all of a sudden, we're hitting the the strips on the side of the road. And I'm like, oh my god! And I'm like, Julian's like, oh my god, I'm so tired. I'm like, struggling, man. I, I, I just need to sleep. We need to pull over and sleep. He's so dramatic with it. So dramatic. I'm like, oh yeah, how long have we been traveling? Like, I just, I, I think I must have just gotten like into like a decent sleep, and it was like, we've only been traveling like a half hour. I know. I'm just so tired. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I said, pull over at the next at the next stop and i pulled over at the next stop i said you two assholes sleep and i will drive for as long as i possibly can make it and then well once i'm done i'm done you got to drive so i made it all the way to connecticut and that i said all right your turn now all right so getting out of the car brian back into the locker room uh here's one that I can put you down. I can mark you down. It's already marked down. You have failed time and time again at this one. Uh-oh. Brian Here's a rule. Don't sell a rib. <laughs> Fail? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're a guy who wears your heart in your sleeve, Ryan. I am. You're an emotional fella at times. I am. Most of those emotions are anger. 
<laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. But when you've been ribbed in the past, uh, we talked about a number of weeks back the rib, uh, the mask rib. Someone by the name of Tommy Dreamer told you that you should wear a mask, and you're very upset about this, and people would talk to you and bring up all the time that, hey, how about you put a mask on? And you you sold like a mother. You were like <laughs> Shawn Michaels in the match with Hulk Hogan. Selling. <laughs> just all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And do you realize the error of your ways? If you don't sell it, then... Uh, no, yeah. I, I would give the advice to people having said that. I don't. Whatever that is, I don't have that inside of me. Right. <laughs> I, am, I, I really... And for me, it's take the good... You take the good, you take the bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you, you take the good with the bad a little bit with me, I think. Uh, I'm an emotional person. Now, the good, the good side of that is I can channel that into my performances in the ring, and it translates. The bad side of that is, and then somebody fucks with me, I can't always no-sell it, uh, depending on the level of, of rib it is. Like, somebody just messed, you know, simple stuff, like, I'm not going to freak out about. But, yeah, the mask thing, because I felt like... But it wasn't just a rib, though. Give give me some credit here. Jamie wanted to change the entire like outlook of my entire wrestling career at that point because of an off comment that Tommy fucking Dreamer made. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, like it, you, you gotta remember at this point, the, Tommy Dreamer was what, like the third person already in charge of like developmental and in the time that I've been wrestling for the short amount of time that I've been wrestling. So in my mind, here's a guy who's probably temporary in his job anyways because again he's the third guy in like five years and i don't really want to be under a mask so what got me all charged up about it to begin with was jamie literally pulled me into a meeting and wanted to like work with somebody to design a mask for me and come up with a new character and a new name and i was like whoa 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 what's going on here (laughs) like and that part wasn't a rib the other stuff was a rib, and I definitely reacted to it. Well, I guess then it's maybe an extreme example, Brian. There's ribs like, you know. Well, I've sold shit before, yeah. Take take the guy's sneakers and throw them up on the roof or something like that. There Just, used to be some mean ones. Yeah. Anything that you can think of? <laughs> we used to work in a, we talked about it, as Stephen Eaton Page would call it, the dildo factory. Right. But in, re- in reality, it wasn't. It was a, a warehouse that, that had amongst the products some some things of the adult nature. and Sensual products. Yeah, we would take ones that were funny and put them in people's bags. Various, you know, pornographic movies or very large... Devices. <laughs> yeah, put them in people's... What about the one that was played on May? <laughs> oh, speaking of no-selling <laughs> ribs, you want to tell this one, Mike? Well, I remember coming back from match, the main event, because, you know, the senior official. Senior official. Right? So I go to put my pants on, and I realize that my keys are in the wrong pocket. I'm like, okay, something's a little off. Oh, you would really even notice that? Yeah. I don't think I would think twice. Like, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. But then I would move yeah, on. Yeah, but, I, but I mean, at the time, I wasn't like, oh, my God. There's there's a plot. I figured it all out, but but looking back, I was like, oh, okay, that's a little weird. And uh, so I go out to my car, and there is... Should we set it up first, though? Sure. You you like thicker girls, Mike. (laughs) Hey, I'm there with you, buddy. But you you like thicker... You like some curves. Okay. Fair statement? Okay. I'm not saying, you know, you like like an obese woman or something, but you like curves. I'm the same way. I'm right there with you. This is what the rib plays off. Remember, ribs are not like, it's like take the truth and stretch it 10,000 miles. Right. You know. So, so continue, please. Um, so I went out to the car, and in my car, 
in the passenger seat was you're right <laughs> was a fatty patty <laughs> it was a blow up doll of a larger nature bbw yes if you will yes so what i did was uh, quite <laughs> what a rational person would do i took it i put it under the you took it out <laughs> i took <laughs> it out no i uh took the took her out of the passenger seat put her under my car and ran over it <laughs> then i brought it back into the locker room and dropped it in the middle of the floor <laughs> what's that's nothing irrational about that that's all good fun right you, you, you could have had some fun with that oh, the guys did you a favor that night you might have been on some lean times then. <laughs> it might have been. This <laughs> is before you were a married man. At the, quite a while before I was, yeah. But th- that was how I dealt with it. I, it was it was a good fun. I was I wasn't angry about it. It was just like, hey, I'll, I'll put a tire mark across this thing. That'll be <laughs> that'll be kind of funny. Along the along those same lines, Mike. It's one that is just ignored repeatedly. Don't shit where you eat. <laughs> it's kind of an unwritten rule. Guys and gals break it nonstop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was next on my list, actually. Oh, was it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Dating in the business. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is summarily ignored, but, I mean, there's a lot of temptation. There's beautiful men. There's beautiful women. Yeah. Attractive. A lot of attractive people wearing very little clothing. A lot of people are flirtatious in nature. It's a little different on the indies if you're staying local or whatever. Um, I mean, of course, if you're on the road and whatnot. You know, 12 hours a day, multiple days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't excuse it, but at least I can like, I can rationalize it in my head when you're on the road, you know, 200, 300 days out of the year. I, I tend to think that if you're a guy that's blaming it, <laughs> blaming cheating on your girlfriend or wife on the wrestling business and you're, and you're traveling 45 minutes from your house, <laughs> you'd probably be cheating on your wife or girlfriend even if you weren't wrestling. <laughs> that's kind of what I believe on that. But right. But yeah, it's um, I've never done it. I've been with the same woman since I was 17 years old, the entirety of uh, my wrestling career. Um, but yeah, and you see it, you see it happen over and over again. People that we love and care about, <laughs> very close to us, uh, have ignored these rules, um, and we've seen very, very messy situations. In, in a perfect world, everybody's grown ups and conduct themselves in a professional manner, but that's not how it goes down. That is not how it goes down. Um, you say you said it earlier on. It's a place of business, and yeah. if you do that, if you mess business with pleasure, it gets ugly, and yeah. it has multiple. I've, multiple I've times. seen it in regular workplaces. Yes, in a regular workplace, people lose their jobs flat out, no questions asked. You bring and, that sort I mean, of in drama. wrestling, same thing might happen. One person, if something happens, you can't have them in the same locker. Now, room. I'm not comfortable telling any stories on this particular <laughs> okay. subject, Michael. Right. But just know there are situations. Yeah, it, it, it's it's out there. You're advised. Heavily advised uh, against it. It's also good. I, I've also been a big fan of, and I've heard the ter- sorry, I hear the term a lot recently, the, the wrestling bubble. And like guys, even at this level, just don't get out of it. And you have to have that balance in your life where you have an existence outside of pro wrestling. You have to have an identity outside of pro wrestling. You have to have friends and interest outside of pro wrestling. I just think that's a good, <laughs> you know, right. good, good balanced life. 
And the best way to stay out of this drama with girls and guys and just to <laughs> I'll tell you, tell, you, tell you what my father told me. What's that? Keep your dick in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's one way to put it, quite sound simply. Of, sound advice, right? <laughs> yes. And yeah, just if you keep it separate, keep your wife, your girlfriend at home. You never have to deal with the stuff, and everyone will be a lot happier. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, there's examples at the highest level of messy situations. So, I mean, yeah, guys are still going to do it. Right. There's li- literally right now, as we speak, in every pro wrestling locker room, there's a show. What is this? this is Saturday night we're recording this. So, there is across the, these great United States, there are many, many, many pro wrestling shows going on, including those put on by the biggest organization in the world. And I guarantee you, in every one of those locker rooms, including the, the biggest organization in the world, there are text messages going back and forth right. between two people who are sitting in the same locker room <laughs> setting up something for later this evening. Guarantee it. I'd bet money on it. <laughs> well, in that locker room, Brian, you're on the show. You have a match. When it comes to calling your match, I would say if you're a newer guy, you defer to the veteran, correct? Yeah, I mean, if you're working, I actually kind of do it with anybody I'm working with, but especially if you're new and you're working with somebody more experienced, ask, hey, what do you, what do you want to do tonight? That's kind of like the, you know. That's the icebreaker. Yeah, and, and a lot of times it's like a test. I don't know, what do you, what do you want to do? <laughs> and if you stay, okay, yeah. this, 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 this. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's like, that's like the test. And like, right. like the, the wrong answer is like, well, I had to, we'll start off like this and go to this. Right, and right, that. Right. Here's the heat spot. And there's a the high spot. Here's the comeback. Here's the finish. Like, uh, seen Sounds that good, brother. See you out there. Yeah, seen yeah. that happen a few times. Yeah, I, I mean, deferring to it. I mean, there have been instances where I've been working with somebody more experienced and they said, no, no, really, what do you want to do? Like, like I'm not, and they tell you, like, I'm not, you know, I really want to know what do you have, what do you have in mind? So, um, but yeah, I, I, I would, I would defer to the more experienced person, you know, unless told otherwise. And most experienced, by the way, isn't just necessarily been in the business longer. Like if I, if, if I'm wrestling somebody who's been in WWE for five or six years, they're wrestling, you know, how many days out of the year? Right. I'm going to defer to them, you know, even being 15 years in. I'm going to say, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Right. Makes sense to me. What about if there's a guy, say there's a guy from WWE that's also on that show. That's probably someone you want to say, hey, can you watch my match? Yeah. And let me know what you think afterwards. Yeah, which I don't see a lot of guys doing these days, asking people to watch their matches or whatnot. And some of the ones that do, I I feel feel it's very insincere. I, I could have still doing the school and had my family like that i was only doing it one night a week at that point that was just kind of my out and that was because for every biff or sasha or you know some of brian's students every die jack every mikey webb every guy like that there's 25 knuckleheads that you have to why don't you name some of them no, okay. we'll, we won't do that. Okay. I, I'm not here to embarrass or shame anybody. Okay. Um, I just that, that's one of the things I enjoyed least. It, it's a struggle to deal with with some of that stuff, and then somebody's name is tattooed on your head. Um, so for me, the reason, one of the reasons I got out of it is because now I can just try to figure out who I think is sincere and who really wants me to watch their match and give them honest to goodness feedback, and who just wants to hear, "Hey, that was great, brother." 
you know like <laughs> i didn't see it but it sounded great yeah yeah exactly <laughs> standard i i could i could give you some standard feedback right now <laughs> I, I, I got a routine i actually I, i'll save it cuz i won't i don't want to i don't want to out myself oh, here for spot, yeah. for the next for the next person that i that i give it to <laughs> <laughs> so if you're the heel i mean the tradition is that the heel calls the match in the ring that's those traditionally that's what it was but is it a matter of who's the veteran or yeah i mean it, i would always defer to the more veteran person because i yeah. think i think the heel thing kind of stemmed from traditionally in the old days the heel would would be the more experienced person because usually you, you didn't start off as a heel you would you'd work as a heel later right in your career and then that's when you would lead the lead the matches but no i would say i would say defer to the more experienced guy um uh how about stealing moves or taking someone's spots or doing someone else's finish i mean it, it might not be knowingly it might just be you know your first time on the card and you do a super kick and you don't realize that that's the guy in the main events finish depends on the show nowadays right. you know like if if i go to like a beyond for example everybody's just going out there trying to have the best matches possible um and there's not a lot of thought with you know i mean you avoid it if you know it but everybody is just going out and trying to have the best possible match you know and you watch the show and i've i've you know and when you're watching i've done things where i edit you know things i'm going to be doing because somebody else did something exact you know in the match before mine but but like on a show like a chaotic or like a top rope uh or like a like a atlantic pro wrestling apw places like like that who actually run they run like stories and it's more of like a wwe type style of come back to the same venue month after month yeah like i those are things you want to you want to try to avoid i mean for me it's i think it's a little easier because odds are the guys that are half my size we probably aren't doing the same the same shit um now there's a guy that's similar similar size to me i'll probably try to find out or you know it's funny when i was calling (laughs) calling the match with the beer city bruiser we have very similar move sets (laughs) very similar move sets if you notice watching the match mike i took a move that i give quite a bit the old ass to the face in the yes. corner, uh, which is also one of his signature things. So I think it's a little tougher for the smaller guys, but I think it's just a good, yeah, I mean, try to be conscious of it, but also know, know where you are. Well, you mentioned Beyond Wrestling and how everyone's trying to have the best match. One of the rules we, we broke in especially was work the match depending on your spot on the card. And that seems to be, especially as you talk about Beyond Wrestling and promotions like PWG, it seems to be, I don't know if it's passe concept, but it's it depends promotion to promotion, I think. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. So I, I can give you a few examples here. Like, so Beyond, the only thing that we have is have the best match you possibly can in the allotted amount of time that you have. The way the way that company is run is they just they want to have these friggin' awesome matches top. Not to say other companies don't want to have these awesome matches top to bottom. It's just, it's just a different mindset. It's a different type of wrestling. It's a different type of crowd. Um, it's also a, a large amount of people also consume the Beyond Wrestling product much differently than than typical indies. He has a right. subscription service. Yeah. He has a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. And people are just picking up one match here and there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so something like chaotic. Chaotic very much books their stuff. It's like it's like a raw to raw type thing. Like even though the shows are like three weeks apart, but it's like one Monday night raw to the next sort of booking. Um and something like that, 
you don't want to overshadow later matches on the card or uh, if you're in the first match of a feud you might want to save something for the next time you go out and then you got ring of honor tv the tv tapings is like the third example i can use so we were just told to go have a big man match we had i think five or six minutes something like something along those lines and you know obviously our goal in that is we're having a tv match we're having a five six minute tv match we're not trying to steal the show we're not trying to do anything but have the best possible big man match that they can put on TV. This is being done for TV, not to overshadow what's going to come later as the main event. Now, on a TV taping for like Ring of Honor, for example, there's four main events. So right. Each hour. Yeah, you're going to have four matches now that are going to have those lesser restraints on them to go do whatever you know whatever it is that you want out of a main event. So... In large part, and people talk about talk, telling a story within a match, but really the show itself is supposed to be a same story, a story in the same vein. You know, you have your ebbs and flows of the story, your peaks and valleys. The time you want the crowd to come up, you want to bring them down, like you want to take them on a ride, an emotional ride. It should be like reading a good book, basically, is what a, what a wrestling show should be. Say you're in the middle of this uh, match, the match is ebbing and flowing, and a guy hits you really, really hard. <laughs> Now, how do you respond to that? If you're in a position where you're in the ring, someone hits you, stiffs you, let's just say, in the ring, how do you respond to that? It depends on if I think it was with intent, if I think it was just, oh, something let loose, or whether I think somebody is just sloppy. And there's a difference between somebody catching you with one and somebody who's sloppy. If somebody did it on purpose or if somebody's being sloppy, they're getting one back. Somebody just let, you know... Somebody just a receipt, as they call it. Yeah, I'm not, and, and and I'm not going on giving a receipt if, like, you know, the intent wasn't there. Yeah, or if, or if it's somebody who I know is really, you know, if I'm in the ring with like Alex Arion, for example, and he, his punches were amazing. Like he never caught me once, you know. And uh, but if he let one go, or if I was in with Brian Fury or something like that, and he tagged me or something, like the, the, that's not a receipt coming. I know there was no intent, and those guys are good solid workers but i've been in the ring with guys who 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 i feel are sloppy and i've definitely given given receipts to them but never with the intent to hurt just to hey be mindful like so i guess the rule is if you hit someone hard expect to be hit back hard. yeah and, and that's i mean i expect that anyways like I, I mean i was i mean you you were around mike hollow we were taught say your apologies in the dressing room yeah you know so i mean as long as it's in a safe place i think you can make some contact you know, stay away from joint manipulation. Stay away from nose, teeth, eyes, you know, jaw. You don't want to break something on somebody. But across the chest, across the back, you know. Like, I mean, I, I think the hardest I've ever been hit in a professional wrestling ring was by, was by Dijak on a forearm to my back. And it was completely safe, and I was completely fine with it. Right. You know, if he came across my face with that, you know, or it's an example, uh, Dijak, Dijak again, piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> he punched me in the eye on a, on a moonsault, gave me a black eye. My black eye. Punched you in the eye. On a moon, on on a, a like moonsault. A, he did like a corkscrew moonsault, and he punched me in the eye when he landed. That's when I had the black eye. But I, that, that was, I didn't give any receipt, and if that was the finish of the match, but even if it wasn't, I would not have given a receipt on that because he's a fantastic wrestler and shit happens. Yeah. Okay, and I have to do this, Brian, before we oh, stop boy. talking about There's going to be another burial of me. No, no, oh, okay. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> don't bury the ref. That's oh, a rule. Oh, boy, here we go. That's a rule. Of course, of course. 
the most uh, written unwritten rule of all, Kingpin. <laughs> Don't bury the ref. It just uh, it's common sense, really. If you uh, make the referee look stupid, then that takes attention away from you. If if it's the referee's fault, if it's perceived by the fans that something that happened was something the referee should be admonishing someone for and they don't. If they see something they're not supposed to see and the ref does nothing, then the fans put the heat on the referee. And that's not wherever where the heat should be unless it's a planned spot for you know some sort of storyline. The heat shouldn't be on the referee. And so, I mean, just make sure the referee is in the right place or the wrong place as the case may be. Yeah, I mean, for, right example, for example, what I like to do if I'm in a tag team match and I want my partner to cheat, I say, hey, ref, look at what this guy in the crowd's doing. Oh, <laughs> absolute worst. <laughs> that is the absolute worst. Hey, well, how do you play it, Mike? Hey, look over there, ref. I say, no. What, what do you mean? No, you're, you're not playing along now. You What? Where? <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> oh, my God. That just makes lazy. the ref look stupider than that. It's lazy. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah, I it's, just, it's just laziness. As you, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, it is. So wrestling matches are supposed to have rules uh, unless it's a, you know, some sort of stipulation. And if you make the ref, if you make the rules important, you make the ref important, all of a sudden now if a heel cheats, it could, there could be consequences, and he does it behind the ref's back. It can, now you've established that the rules mean something, and now the heat's on that wrestler for for cheating behind the ref's back. Yeah, it, I mean, I see it all the time with tag matches now. Nobody pays attention to the ref in the tag matches. And That's I, always the worst. Yeah. <laughs> the cutoff, the ref is staring right at it. Yeah. And what can you do? Just <laughs> throw, look dumb. Throw the, well, some companies, and Chaotic being one of them, where you guys were instructed to ref as if it's a shoot. Ring Some, the bell. Somebody if doesn't kick out. Someone doesn't ring the bell. You know, break the by the count of five. Yeah, yeah. disqualify them. Um, I, 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 other companies where refs are instructed to not do that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. so it depends on again, it depends on the on the place. But as a good rule, make the ref mean something. Keep all the heat for yourself. Don't put it in the referee. <laughs> That's the good rule of thumb. You want all the heat for yourself. So don't make the ref look like a fucking asshole. I beat up a couple refs this weekend, Mike. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> did it again. I did it for you, Mike. I'm opening up spots at Chaotic <laughs> Wrestling for you. Thanks I, very much. I did it for the croc. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should appreciate that or not. But uh, okay, Brian. We're getting down to the end of the match. You hit your finish, which was not a finish that someone else did on the show. There was a three count. There was a winner. There was a loser. The match is over. I look at the ref and say, tell him to get the fuck out of the ring. <laughs> the old John Michaels one. <laughs> um, so after the match, Brian, make sure you thank everyone involved, correct? Yeah. I mean, most most times, if I'm pinning a guy, I'll say thank you right there. Right there is... I think I saw that on RHTV, actually. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I think you could see it. Yeah. Oh. oh thanks for outing that. <laughs> 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 well, him thanking me or me thanking him? Uh, You. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, make sure you thank everyone involved, the referee, the other wrestlers involved, valets, the person, the promoter, the booker, thank you for booking me on the show. I'd love to come back again. That whole thing, right? Just uh, oh, when you get hugs my, and handshakes everywhere. No, when you get to my level, people should be thanking me. Oh, I'm sorry. Even ha- gracing them with my... No. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one big thing, is, especially if, if you're going over... I mean, let's get this straight. Nobody's ever beat anybody in professional wrestling. I've never won a match in my life. I have <laughs> never beat anybody ever. 
<laughs> Technically, I've won matches, but I've never beaten anybody. Right. Nobody's ever beaten me. This is entertainment. We all know this. However, it does mean a lot to guys sometimes, those wins and losses. Um, Tarzan Taylor, I think, said that's what surprised him most about booking. Yeah. Episode four on the yeah. uh, wrestling podcast about making guys uh, how much wins and losses mean, but yeah, you should be thanking everybody. First thing you should do um, is is make sure everybody's healthy and, and good after after the match. Um, I had a recent situation where I came to the back after um, after my match, and my opponent blew right past me. Didn't even look me in the eye, you know. And that's kind of where I'll leave it, but. That's the type of stuff you don't forget. <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, okay. He doesn't give a shit if uh, I'm healthy or not. Okay. That's the type of stuff. Again, that's we just did something where we simulated violence. It's very dangerous. Um, you give someone your body. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, you want to make sure people are okay that year. Everybody's good, healthy. Then, you, then if you have something to say, you can speak your piece and work it out. But, you know, mad at a guy, not mad at a guy. First thing I want to know, hey, is everybody healthy? Everybody good? Cool. Now we can talk. I think um, before the match, I've kind of gotten just the, you know, the good luck, be safe. Good luck, be safe. Right. You know? Yeah. And again, that's just, that's not right. I mean, I guess it's wrestling etiquette because it's because of a match. Not just being a decent person. You let me pick you up and throw you down and hit you and do all that stuff. The least I can do is say, hey, are you good? Are you okay? Did anything hurt? You're, you're healthy? Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we talked about looking for people to watch your match, give you feedback, uh, asking for feedback after the match, sincerely asking for <laughs> feedback. That's very right. After the match. And it's something that you should do if you want to get better. And, you know, once you get that feedback from people, uh, you know, what you did wrong, you know, some technical things. Yeah, but Mike, You want to implement but it. But Mike, I see what you're saying, but... Yes? I'm good. Oh. Yeah. You got it? Yeah, I got it. You got it all? Yeah. Right, that's good. See what I did there? Yeah, but yeah, but the yeah buts <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah, but yeah, if you're, I mean, just if you're asking somebody for feedback, the worst thing you can do is sit there. And now, if you're getting unsolicited <laughs> advice, you know, like you know, if you want to fight back, go for it. Um, but um, but <laughs> that's mine, I guess. Uh, if you're asking somebody for advice and then everything they give you that's constructive. You know, or critical, you're gonna go. Yeah, but here's what I was thinking. Yeah, but here's what I was thinking. They're gonna, you're gonna turn them right off and like, okay, well, fuck it. Why'd you ask me then? Right. You know, listen to the feedback, and then after they're done giving the feedback, say, hey, you know, this is what I was thinking with that. You know, what, like, where did I go wrong? You know, where do you think I went wrong with that? Here's, here's what I was kind of thinking. Here's what my mindset. Well, like, I, I think that's valid to have back and forth conversation, but let somebody finish their thought <laughs> before. You just want to start defending yourself. Like, remember, you're the one that asked for criticism or, or, or critique. You know, like that's it drives me crazy. Like, it just and a lot of guys when they ask, all they want to hear is like, you know, you rock. You know, <laughs> you're so good. Killed it, man. Yeah, yeah. They just they just want that bullshit. If you're a true pro and really wanted to get better, you don't want to hear about. At least for me, I don't want to hear about what I did well. I know what I did well. Tell me what I didn't do well, so I can then take that and apply it. Right. And, and try to get better for the next time. Even if I had a great match that Dave Meltzer gives six and a half stars, wow. you know what I mean? Like, there's still things that could be improved upon. There's still things to think about for next time. Yeah, it's just it's just a constant evolution process. So it's all over. The match is over. You thanked everyone. Everyone's good. Everyone's healthy. You asked for feedback. So you're changed. Everything's done. You can just leave, right, Brian? You just walk out. Your match is done. 
Me? Yeah. Because you're in the main event. <laughs> I see. No, no, no. So I mean, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm the wrong person to be preaching about this because I don't do it anymore. I don't do ring crews anymore. I don't, I don't do that. Well, the big thing: stay. Make sure you stay to the last match. Yeah. Oh, stay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay. Yeah, stay and watch the whole show. It's common courtesy, you know. I had some of my friends recently <laughs> on a show. Not, I was not happy with. They went way over on their time. I happened to be in the main event on this show. They went 15, 20 minutes over their time. Jesus. And then, uh, and then left twenty minutes after my match. I was like, "Fuck!" Well, if you guys wanted to go over, you could have been the main event. I could have went early. I could have gone home. You know, I, I, yeah. Rule of thumb: stay to the end. Uh, you know, like stay to the stay to the last match, and you don't have to mingle afterwards if you don't want to. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, Mike. What I'm gonna miss most about wrestling when I'm gone is like the locker room and the camaraderie. I truthfully don't understand the guys that show up. You know, right before bell time. They're on third. They have their match, and then they're gone before fourth match. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Like, why, why? Why are you even doing this at this point? Like, it's so, it's so confusing to me. Like, I don't, I, and I just, I just like being around wrestling as much as I, as much as I possibly can. I would assume that if you're in this business, you probably like that. You know, especially at this level. I mean, maybe you know, maybe at the higher level, maybe if it's a job and you're making enough money to support yourself then maybe you know it's just your job like i'm not hanging out at at my job after hours just to hang out <laughs> but yeah just i don't know stay watch wrestling hang out yeah, you have a ton of fun too i don't know and if you're a young guy yeah i mean not us veterans brian but you know <laughs> stay help take down the ring anything you can do to help out hopefully you get booked again i'm not saying i'm above it you know there have been times where guys like companies have needed help and i've and i've chipped in do I do it consistently? No, I do not. <laughs> so uh, if you're new, I mean, I think you're not going to do any harm by helping. Shit, though. But, but here's the thing, Mike. I mean, we both went well past the decade mark in this business of doing ring crew every before and after every single show. Right. N- none of us want to be doing that bullshit after being in the, in the wrestling business six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. But we did it. And then most times, they just being fun anyways. We're just being dickheads screwing off and doing weird things to each other and sending people to find the kids aunt. Okay. I think it's about time to wrap up on that note. But I'm just I'm just saying like some of those things they can end up being, you know, it's like, ah, I don't really want to be doing this, but you know what, there are worse things I could be doing right now. I'm having fun with my friends. And make sure uh, last thing, shake everybody's hand on the way out. <laughs> right? Bro hugs for everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I think we've done a service here today, Brian. I think we did. And you're you know, welcome. If you're a, if you're a new wrestler, <laughs> this is for you. Wait, 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 did we do did we do a service here, or was this another opportunity for you to try to bury me? Well, I mean, I, I, I went easy <laughs> on you, Kingpin. I went easy on you. Even if you're a fan listening to this, or if you're looking to become involved in some other way, like a photographer, uh, ring boy. Anything like that? Ring boy. I don't know. Hopefully, this kind of gives you some insight of what goes on uh, beyond the in-ring product, and you know what's expected of you if you're going to be around wrestling. Yeah, I said it in the the beginning, and I'll and I'll say it again. If you're a decent person and you just conduct yourself as a professional, and and you just act like a respectable, decent human being, you're not going to have an issue 99 percent of the time. I guarantee it. If you just act like a member of society should, you'll be okay. Give us your feedback. Every week, we do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our unwritten rules, how to not be a locker room douchebag. 
<laughs> Use the hashtag WPAN. Mike still never learned that. <laughs> Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday, it's an all new, all different episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BBA radio. Now you can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss from week to week. Plus, we got some other tricks up our sleeve coming up, so be sure to check it out. Also, you can download past episodes of this podcast right here. As they come off the NAI Wrestling Network feed, they get added over there. It's all on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it over at BDARadio.com. But that's another show. The way you can interact with us here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network every week is through our voicemail line. We want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in. We'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Please contribute to the wrestling podcast. Want nothing? Be a part of the show. 401-584-9726. Okay, Brian. Finally, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Brawler, Doherty, and Ataki? Well, Kingpin, after last week's BDA podcast, maybe it should. The Brooklyn Brawler, the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty, and Ricky Ataki are three guys that were not brought up on the WPAN feed last week. We discussed our favorite enhancement talent. I mean, we didn't mean to leave them off, but what we do mean is what BDA Radio means. And that's the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. We do the job so you don't have to at BDARadio.com. <laughs> you know, I'm disappointed, Mike, that I wasn't on your list of favorite enhancement talent. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> uh, that great. And uh, one that someone mentioned, we'll probably talk about it this Thursday. How do we not come up and say... Mike Testa and Ari Cohen. I know, huh? To, hey, uh, maybe at Night of Grand Slams, I'll I'll try to avenge uh, Mike Testa and Ari Cohen. For those that don't know, Brian Fury and Ilya Markopoulos, they had a handicap match against Ryback, and those were that was their names. They uh, did not fare well against <laughs> Mr. Ryback. I'm sure I'll fare much better. All right, let's get into it, Kingpin. This week's promo about nothing: the year 1990. And we're back, baby. We're back in Memphis, the home of Tegar, Lord of the Volcano. Oh, no. <laughs> we're doing it again, Kingpin. <laughs> yes, another one of the wonderful gimmicks coming out of that territory. This one uh, was based on a very popular action figure, very popular comic book, very popular cartoon of the day. Goodness. I introduce to you, Kingpin. And the listener, Kawabunga, the wrestling turtle. No, <laughs> no. This week's promo about nothing. Coming this way, let's get a word or two from him as he heads to the ring. Sick, 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 dude. I have seen some major, major Barbasaur dudes in the territory. Are you believing the Gilbert? The first family, they ran the king over in the parking lot with a car, dude. 
Totally bogus. Totally. Major Pugis Maximus. Well, I don't know about the Gilberts, but I know about Calabunga, and I know the way I deal with things. I'm not going to sit back and watch it, my friend. The Gilberts, the first time they're running around here acting like they own in the wrestling business, owning the USWA, running people over with cars. I hope Eddie Marta doesn't fire him, dude, because I want my shot at him. I want my shot. And major wiggins in the territory, dude. Doug Gilbert with a big wig on his head, dude. Major wiggins. Major wiggins. Cowabunga, that's uh, his opinion of the things that have gone on here today, and I must say I'm in total agreement with exactly what he's saying. <laughs> totally bogus, dude. <laughs> totally bogus, Brian. What the fuck? <laughs> this is, is this Jerry Jarrett? I think so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yes, this gentleman, if you haven't seen the video, and you can find the link to the video in the description of this episode, he is head to toe in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle outfit. And it's not a bad, actually, <laughs> costume. Doesn't look Especially for 1990. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks like kind of a Ninja Turtle. And, yeah, he's a wrestling turtle. <laughs> it, of course, his face and mouth completely covered. It kind of makes it difficult to hear what the hell he's talking about. You know what you've done to me, right? What's that? You know what you've I'm, I'm going to be up all night watching Cowabunga matches. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few. There are a few. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell he's saying. It, it, it's Maybe the outfit. Or maybe, I actually kind of thought it was a woman at first. It isn't. I'll let you know in just a minute. Uh, okay. uh, he says something about, I couldn't even figure out, major Vastasaurus dudes. <laughs> I know that's not it, but that's as close as it gets. Major Vastasaurus, dudes. Anybody, please help. At the WPAN on Twitter, if you can translate what this gentleman says. I think I did catch a Major Pucus Maximus in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I kind of want to see the bullet points that they gave him for this promo, if there were any. Probably not. And how many times was Major Wiggage on there? Because he really tried to get that over at the end. <laughs> and, and we had uh, Akeem last week as our Heel Laugh Hall of Famer on BDA Radio. Great Heel Laugh to punctuate the end of the promo. Uh, just a few notches below that great Heel Laugh by Akeem is Major Wiggage, dude. Major Wiggage. <laughs> Wait, is the turtle a bad guy? No, I, oh, no okay. I'm just saying that that's a great. I don't know if that's the best way to close a promo. <laughs> well, okay, with gotcha. multiple major wiggages. <laughs> really trying to get over the fact that Doug Gilbert's wearing a wig. Well, uh, I mean, and that's not the greatest way to end a promo, but but the larger scope of it is maybe you shouldn't dress somebody as a Ninja Turtle to be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of dressing up, this is not the Brian Hildebrand, Mark Curtis version of Cowabunga. There was another Cowabunga. Believe it or not. <laughs> Another cowabunga. Yes, the guy, Mar Brian Hildebrand, who was a referee, Mark Curtis in WCW. He was a Ninja Turtle. He would do like comedy matches with Jim Cornette a lot. You can find that on YouTube as well, Brian. I'm sure you will. But Goodness. this cowabunga, the wrestling turtle, has a special place in our hearts. Oh, boy. He has actually been on the promo about nothing before, Brian. Okay. Cowabunga is also known as... Chris Champion of the New Breed. <laughs> if you want to go back a few All episodes, right. we had a promo about nothing of the New Breed. And yeah, there's a whole lot of terrible going on with Chris uh, Champion. Is this, the, is this the first for us? Is this the first where we've had uh, somebody with two different two different so. gimmicks? Uh, both uh, 
uh, in the promo about nothing? I think so. All right. He's, We've made history. Uh, he's got a special kind of uh, history on his side. Sp- speaking of the promo about nothing, I listened to a, uh, a recent episode of the OVP podcast, our friends over there, and they actually reviewed the episode of TV where John Nord and Flapjack Norton did the, the, the promo. That <laughs> I did week. hear that. I did hear that so. as well. Yes. <laughs> Flapjacks. 252 <laughs> Flapjacks. I think that's still my favorite of all time. <laughs> and we did it twice. We liked it so much we did it again because there was a, a different version of the same promo. <laughs> yes. So we've done but that th- twice. This, this is up there. This is right up there with the Batman one. <laughs> yeah. Memphis Wrestling is an endless uh, treasure trove of terrible awful ideas can you imagine somebody like the promoter or booker or whatever coming up to you got this great idea for you (laughs) ninja turtle yeah (laughs) i'll just pack my bags and leave (laughs) they latched onto every single one of these and uh we talked about barry hardy and Dwayne gill and uh this past week on talking about favorite enhancement talent they actually if you go to wwe.com there was an article where they did a tag team ninja turtle gimmick in a WWF ring. Never made TV. There are pictures of it. You can go. You'll be played again even later tonight. Brian. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting any sleep tonight. There was a Ninja Turtle tag team, which is Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill. They went out and bought the outfits themselves. They brought them to TV and said, hey, you know, they're trying to get a job. So they're like, hey, look at this. Look what I got. They took the initiative, and they actually had a match. Never aired on TV, and you know, obviously never, nothing ever came of it. Jeez, but, I can't imagine why. <laughs> but there was an article about it, like what happened when kind of thing for a uh, WWE.com. Make sure to go and look that up, too. Wrestling Turtles. They're all over the place. Yikes. Unbelievable. And as I mentioned, if you want the full picture, if you want to see this guy in the full getup, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Network. Kingpin, it's late. You're yawning. We're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And you got them dates coming up. I got dates, Mike. This Saturday night, I'm heading to Southwick, Massachusetts, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling at the Cove in Southwick. I'll be teaming with Wrecking Ball Ligurski to take on those tag team champions of the world from PVP, the Closers. I think me and the Wrecking Ball are going to be walking out with some gold. What do you think, Mike? I don't know. You guys have been at odds, so I'm not sure that you will be a cohesive unit. Eh, we're, I think we're still pretty unstoppable. <laughs> but find Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling all over social media. Uh, get your tickets to come out next Saturday night. Or this excuse me, this Saturday night, August the twelfth. Excuse me, I, I missed August the tenth. I'll be at the Lowell Spinners game, something you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Wrestling out out in front of the ballpark. So that'll be August tenth. That's a Thursday night. Oh, all right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I did miss that. That's this Thursday. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what is, this year's flying by? I feel like it's going to be like. November soon, and that's free, right? For uh, that's free, free, yes. free for wrestling, not free for inside the ballpark. Right, you guys be out front by the gate. Yes, exactly. So then, Mike, August the eighteenth, Chaotic Wrestling goes to the Starlin Sports Fun Center in Hanover, Massachusetts. Big debut in Hanover. I'll be taking part in that great card. Go to chaoticwrestling.com for all your ticket needs for that and for match information. The next very next night, Mike, August the nineteenth. It's the big one. Chaotic Wrestling, A Night of Grand Slams 2. Ooh. Yes. The sequel. Yes. Uh, on this card, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Brooke Tessmacher, The Spirit Squad, Billy Gunn, Brodus Clay, Chavo Guerrero, and of course, Ryback. Oh. And do you know who the big guy's taking on? The bigger guy. That's right. It'll be Ryback, the big guy, taking on the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Can he get me up for a shell shock? 
I don't think so. I'm going to avenge the loss of Ari Ari Cohen and Mike Testa. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to defeat Ryback in their name. Go to lowellspinners.com and chaoticwrestling.com for all your tickets and info. Get your tickets for this one. Big big show. Very excited to be a part of that, Mike. And uh, August the 26th. Yeah, I'm all over the place here. I'm tired. We've been doing this all day. I sure have. <laughs> August the 26th. I'll be back with Atlantic Pro Wrestling, wow. Mike. Yes, in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Uh, not sure what I'll be doing yet, but I'll, I'll be back there. And uh, check out AtlanticProWrestling.com for all the details. Be sure to say hi to all of our friends over at APW. Yeah, and that's it. I'm tired. Are we done? Just about, Brian. If they wanted to book you, if they want to book you, you'd be all rested up, and you'll be ready to go for more bookings. Email brianmalonis at comcast.net, or you can DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. Okay, a couple more things here. Putting over podcasts. That's the Facebook group that was created to unify the podcasting community. Podcasters, podcast fans, everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited to the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. Come be a part of the conversation over there. All you got to do, just search Putting Over Podcasts. Hit join. I will make sure to uh, approve you, and you'll be in there, and you can uh, join the conversation. It's a lot of fun. More and more people join every day, and come on over to Putting Over Podcasts on Facebook. Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They do two podcasts a week. Sunday, the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursday, their flagship show where they're talking about the Saturday night shows, the old 605 shows for World Championship Wrestling. And you can find that at mikemills.podbean.com or wherever podcasts are sold checking the boots they just coming off their one year anniversary and congratulations once again to at referee tony s at chip k ctb and they are talking about the history of wrestling they're talking about current topics all blended into one every sunday on checking the boots wherever you find your favorite podcasts and the rundown wrestling podcast of course uh did you hear brian that adam is taking a leave of absence i did see that from yeah. the rundown wrestling podcast good luck to him in uh, everything he's got going on and good luck to jason who apparently is taking the helmet looks like over there on the rundown wrestling podcast they're doing it every wednesday night now on youtube and then of course it goes on to all of your favorite podcasting outlets and there's tons of stuff on that feed too there is nitro mania there is the nxt retro recaps so much going on over there and of course the rundown sit downs as well on the rundown wrestling podcast feed and of course we hope you continue to listen to the nai wrestling network all week long dc and doc talk the pipe bomb with McCool and company rant with ant late night liam indie pop and coming in 2024 the inside perspective with Scotty Slade. <laughs> and we are back, folks, this Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com for more. Then you can join us back here in one week for the WPAN on the NAI Wrestling Network episode 69. <laughs> Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.